Hello everyone and welcome to Back of the Grid. It's another Chris and Stu episode this week before we have a, I think it's going to be a Chris and Tom episode next week, isn't it? Because you're oh, yeah. otherwise engaged. Yeah, but we don't a... have guests next week as well, then. Spoilers. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, uh, yes, the we first bit have... of editing to do this episode. Yeah, we have, should have something quite cool um, for next week. But that's next week, and this is this week. Um, and we've got a few little bits and bobs to talk about. We've got some inbox from last week that we promised we would get to. So we'll dive straight in, and the sort of the big talking point at the moment is potential sprint race format change, which have, has been agreed in principle by all teams, potentially in time for the next race in Baku. I have seen some rumblings that if some bits aren't agreed on, it'll have to wait until I think Austria's the next sprint, if I remember rightly. But. I know there's I know there's four this season. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, but yes, hopefully there's this six, will happen. There's six this, there's oh six yeah, the six season. isn't the my goodness. How could I forget? So yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure Austria's the next. It's one. been a long bank holiday week. It really has, yes. But yeah, hopefully these changes will happen in time for Baku. I say hopefully. We'll see what we think of them. So the the proposed new format for sprint weekends: normal FP1 on Friday, followed by Grand Prix qualifying on Friday afternoon, which is actually the same as last season's sprint, wasn't it? Qualifying on a Friday evening slash afternoon. Yes. The difference then comes on Saturday, where instead of another free practice session, there is another qualifying session for the sprint race. So there are two qualifying sessions at the weekend. The Friday one sets the grid for the Grand Prix. Saturday morning qualifying sets the grid for the sprint race, which then happens on Saturday afternoon. So essentially, Saturday just kind of becomes sprint day, and it's just a standalone thing. None of this yeah. sprint result sets the grid for the Grand Prix. It's kind of they're essentially detaching the sprint race from everything else, aren't they? Which yeah, which I don't hate. Which I'm into. I think. I think that fixes a lot of the problems the previous format had for me. Yeah. I think the, the biggest issue I had with the old format was the the fact that you had this weird non-practice session in the middle of well after qualifying. Yeah. You know, like you'd have you'd have Friday pro, Friday morning practice then quali then another practice session before the sprint race and it just that to me just seemed Strange. I get why. I get that they're trying to have, you know, each day with meaningful running on it and get rid of these sort of non-sessions in their minds that are the practice sessions. But it just never really worked because, like, they couldn't make any changes to the car, so it rendered the, the practice session pointless. Yeah. Whereas now, having this sort of... having. I guess to really in effect it's two quality sessions back to back but there's a sleep in between them um I don't mind it I think it's it's cool that I've ho- I've always had an issue a bit of an issue with practice on a Saturday morning anyway I don't necessarily think they really desperately needed that session um mm. and formula one i think feel, i've always felt that way as well because if you look on youtube the, the the views that they get on on the highlights for that session on a saturday morning are just so much lower than every other highlights um highlights 
yeah. video that they do that you can see like there's not that much demand for that session so it does make sense that they're sort of getting rid of that one um, and I'm pleased that they have turned that into something a bit more meaningful um, but yeah time will tell how, how this pans out I'm sure this is Formula 1 there's always a way of them sort of making on paper I don't think it's a bad idea but they'll do something to mess it up I'm sure <laughs> yeah for sure yeah, so there's, there's still kind of issues to iron out. Obviously, tyre allocation is a big thing because I've already cut down the number of tyres on sprint weekends anyway. Um, how Park Ferme rules will apply as well is a little bit up in the air because with the last format, they had the weird thing where cars went into Park Ferme after FP1, then sort of semi-came back out for FP2. And obviously, this new format's only got one practice session, so that should go away. There's still question marks about exactly when and what will um, apply um, then there's also like penalty rules so for what I've seen the expected thing is that any sort of technical penalties so let's say your power unit fails during the sprint and you need to have some replacement parts those would apply to the Grand Prix whereas any mm. kind of sporting penalties they'll just apply to the sprint race if they happen in the sprint race Okay, so they're already like already making it really, really, really complicated, aren't they? <laughs> Without yeah, I mean it is a com it's a complex matter, but to me that just feels like they're o- already overcomplicating it. Like, why not just apply the penalties as and when they're when they're yeah accrued? You know. So one suggestion I saw so was that if a driver gets a grid penalty for an incident in a sprint race, they will only serve that grid penalty at the next sprint race not the next grand prix which just sounds bizarre when there's such big gaps between the sprint race and the calendar like having a grid drop hanging over you for a few months until there happens to be another sprint round just seems weird it is i think it is a bit i guess i get it again i think they're trying to divide the two, they're basically trying to make it into a substitute champion a sprint championship almost aren't they it's kind of the way it's thing. Feels, and then the thing it? is if they do that then they can sell it you know they can sell it to sponsors they can sell it to, just like they did with the sprints yeah. in the past they, i think it was crypto they had doing sprint stuff before so they can sell an entire second championship as a mini formula one championship which is is good for them good for all the teams financially because they'll all get a cut um and if they're there anyway on race weekends then yeah i to me though like a lot of this isn't it's becoming clear now that a lot of this isn't necessarily to do with what the teams or fans want it's more to do with formula one making more money (laughs) getting more out of the teams on a race weekend you know Wait, no, did you not hear that all fans love sprint races and that everyone thinks they're a great idea? That was definitely the oh, sorry, what sorry, research I, said, wasn't I, it? I missed that memo. How foolish of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in terms of the sprint qualifying format, um, a, a likely option is that they're going to do, they still do Q1, Q2 and Q3 with the same eliminations but it'll be 12, 10, and 8 minutes, respectively, rather than 18, 15, and 12 that they do for the Grand Prix qualifying. There was a discussion around having one-shot qualifying for the sprint races, but it's been said that that can't be done because of complications in getting the timing software ready, which just sounds 
I don't get that. Like, yeah, like if you just, again, I don't want to, I'm sure it's a very complicated thing for the people who run the timing system to run, but I'm pretty certain if you set the timing system into free practice mode and sent the cars out one by one, they would all get a single lap time recorded. Like, yeah. I don't see how much more complicated it can be. Um, well, I think it's it's probably more to do with the way that integrates into the, the broadcast system because these are all interconnected, right? So mm. you've got the timing loops That's going true. around the track, feeding all of the transponders into a sort of master timing system, and then you've got everything else that's connected to that so it kind of it, it, what it means is that it's not just a case of recording the times you need a graphics package to go with it you need all of the all of that yeah. to sync up you need and there's just i don't think there's time for them to produce and test a whole new timing graphics package for and for the Baku Grand Prix in time for that. So I, I kind thing, of get it, it, but at the same time, how... you're Formula One. <laughs> yeah, like this seems to be quite out of the blue, doesn't it? With not that much time before the race, they're talking about introducing it. So I guess, yeah, like the people who need to make these changes aren't being given much time to potentially do them. Um, it almost feels it. like off the back of Stefano Domenicali sort of talking about all these changes he wants to make they're like well we need to do something let's let's just change something quickly to keep him happy like we can do this we can we can do a slightly different race weekend format and maybe that'll stop him turning up at MotoGP and spouting yeah. nonsense for a little while <laughs> um, um, I do I, I think I do prefer the idea of if you're gonna like because they've, they've done a lot of tinkering and poking around at qualifying over the last few years and I don't hate the idea of them sort of trying something different and and something new for forum sprint races. I think mm-hmm. if that's you know if you are going to mess with quali, then that's probably the place you're going to be best off messing with it because it doesn't have an effect on the actual reason we're all here, which is to watch a Grand Prix. So yeah, I f- I would prefer to see them try a one shot quali system forum thing and I and I do feel like the excuse that um the timing stuff getting the timing software in order to achieve that is just that it's an excuse it's 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 a it's a way of it's almost it's I don't know to me it, it seems lazy it feels like they could do it, this this doesn't seem like an unachievable thing yes it is complicated but you know if if things if these things were easy everyone would be doing them <laughs> yeah that old phrase isn't it like not everything is always going to be simple it should be it should be possible to overcome i think software issues i, I yeah I, i'm yeah i'm not a fan of that as a reason for not trying a a, a, a different format of quality that being said the fact that they've come up with an excuse of why they can't do that right now rather than just say no they're not doing it gives me hope because I actually think one shot quality for the sprint race sounds like a fantastic idea I actually really like that that's like that's starting to get pretty close to how I would like an ideal sprint weekend to be to be honest with you Um, like we know reverse grids are never going to happen they just seem completely against that but one shot quality is 
a pretty good second best for me, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think it, it, it keeps it does keep a level of purity, which is what mm-hmm. you know, we do want. We we do want if if we're talking purely about an amazing show, then I do think the reverse grid option is probably the best idea for a really, really hectic race. But we're never in, in yeah, in reality we're probably never gonna get that. So this is definitely it's a good way of like seeing the real talent that the drivers have got on show. You know, the guys who can go out and do the business, do an out lap, do a hot lap, and then that is their timed lap. Yeah. It's gonna separate the men from the boys kind of thing, isn't it? So I think it would be it would be really, really cool for them to do it. I think yeah, I do I do hope that maybe like for the next sprint they may be tried out if they if they can get the timing software sorted in time. Um it sounds yeah, like we'll, they're uh, keen on experimenting with them, so hopefully we will see that tried out at one of the other rounds. Um, yeah, and I think like say, it's it, kind of it's, it keeps the it keeps the purity of qualifying being about who is the fastest, but it just adds like yeah. a bit more jeopardy to it potentially. Mm. Yeah, you've taken the words out of my mouth. <laughs> Um, all of this kind of brings us to another question that's been asked in the last uh, couple of weeks, which is, is having a sprint race in Baku even a good idea in the first place? Um, Christian Horner said, from a spectacle point of view, it's probably going to be one of the most exciting sprint races of the year. From a cost cap perspective, all you can do is trash your car and it costs a lot of money around there. One race is enough in Baku. Um, well, yeah, you could say that about any event. You can, but Baku is. I mean, Baku okay, is. Oh well, yeah, so tire failures and, and Red Bull seem to have had more carnage there than any other team. And yes, it is a true, you know, often a hectic race, but it feels like that's a Red Bull specific complaint. Yeah, I've not heard a single other um, <laughs> team principal complaining about the level of carnage at Baku. Well, Gun- Gunter Steiner started off by saying that it'll be much cooler having it with this format, which I can appreciate him mm. putting his racer hat on for that. Um, he also said, hopefully there's no chaos, but there could be. If you think in Australia we had three red flags, can you imagine how many red flags we'll have in Baku in two races? Um, and Alpine <laughs> have said they're basically using this three-week break to stockpile spare parts because, well, I, I just having more spare parts is a good thing in general, but the fact that Baku is coming up, they're like working extra hard in the factory to get enough spare parts. And given how their drivers ended the last race, it's probably a good idea for them to have spare parts. Um, that is true. I mean, yeah, they're going to be... I think that those guys in particular... I think that's probably as a result of um, the end of the last race for them. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't probably. think if, if both of their drivers had not had that... I think if both of their drivers had not collided, then they'd probably be quite okay for spare parts. But yeah, the fact is that they've had... They're two guys yeah. that have had the collision, and they they've got loads of new bits to make and or remake in order to get them on the road again. So, I I would say that's an Alpine specific thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Max Verstappen's been on the record, hasn't he, saying that he doesn't like the idea of sprint races, even now, even at all. He's not he's not too fussed on sort of the the whole the whole package of uh, sprint. Yeah. I guess 
it's a weird one when you're at the front because in one hand it's it's more opportunity for you to score points over your rivals at the t- times that you've got the fastest car but it's also more opportunity for stuff to go wrong for you like if you're if you're in the fastest car winning races you want things to be as normal as possible right you want dull races yeah. you want just dry boring weather like any added weirdness to a weekend is only gonna be a potential banana skin for you so i can see why he would take that um that stance on it for sure Mm. but yeah i mean yeah i think a lot of it is just down to he feels like he's overworked almost on a race weekend like (laughs) i guess like he, 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 he this, the, the impression I get is that he doesn't want to do any more than what he has to on a race weekend, and this means that he's yeah. going to, have to do a lot more. But um, who knows what he's thinking? But yeah, I mean, for me, like the more opportunities you've got to accrue points, the better, right? Just like like you said. So yeah, if if I was Max Verstappen, I'd be happy to do whatever races you want me to because I know I'm in the best car and I'm going to win. Yeah, I definitely feel more for mechanics that are going to be up till who knows what time on Saturday night fixing a car that's had a sprint race crash in time for the race the following day. Um, yeah, this is again, assuming Baku, that like, the sprint race is full of crashes though. Like it could, we could for all, for all intents and purposes have a perfectly normal race in Baku. Like pe- people seem to be yeah. assuming that it's going to be absolute chaos when I don't think We've that's had some pretty boring races the there, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. The first Baku race was dull as dishwater it was super boring nothing happened so yeah yeah these cars can follow each other better and it's likely that there'll be some serious slipstream in action and stuff because the, t- the 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 midfield well anyway every, basically everyone from aston martin down to williams are all really really close together so there is potential for it to be a bit of a chaotic race but it's not guaranteed. Like they could all just keep their noses clean inexplicably, and it'd be, no. it'd be it'd be all right. I mean, F two and I think F three have had multiple kind of double header rounds in Baku, and some of them have been absolute disasters, <laughs> and <laughs> other ones have been sort of fairly tame. So, yeah, I do I do agree. I think people are getting a little too sort of dramatic too soon about what it's going to be like but again if i mean you saw happen in australia like it only takes one or two incidents and things can just escalate so i'm not really on the vibe of of races that are as chaotic as what we've been seeing you know i'm here to watch the best teams and the best drivers in the world drive their cars to the best of their ability i'm not here to watch destruction derby like i want to see good overtakes yeah good racing clean racing and and i don't want to see collisions and what for whatever reason you know last race there was obviously all kinds of issues i think a lot of them were struggling to get tires warmed up during those um red after those red flag periods and up to the start line so that was a mm. big catalyst for a lot of what went wrong there um and yeah, I'd prefer to see. I, I I would like to see a Baku race, that a sprint race and Grand Prix, that have lots and lots of clean racing, a, a good, just good racing. 
I want to see good racing. I don't want to see bits of car everywhere, you know. Yeah, like the the odd race that's just kind of chaotic, like a uh, you know Baku last year, a Germany twenty nineteen, Turkey twenty twenty one. Like having those here and there is, you know, fun and exciting. But you don't want every single race to end up being like that. Um, Absolutely. As I just saw someone in the live chat say, this isn't NASCAR, <laughs> which it which it's not. Like if if you want that kind of crazy collision racing there's plenty of stuff out there for you and there's a place for it but that's not what people watch f1 for for the most part exactly um should we should we dip into the inbox we've got a few things from uh from last week and a few new ones so let's do that i guess you press the jingle shouldn't i yeah is <laughs> keep me saying now stay stay hey man Okay, so uh, Peter Willington says, Hey man, great pod this week. It got me thinking about my ideal race weekend. I've arrived at um, Friday FP1 and Twilight Reverse Championship Grid Sprint Race. Late enough that work isn't an issue, so that means for the audience watching it. Um, Mm -hmm. Saturday FP2 and qualifying and Sunday race. Um, He says, I think the key to success would be that the sprint race would not be subject to part Fermé to encourage wild setups without affecting the actual race. Also, I think that sprint races could should be a separate championship that doesn't award points for World Drivers' Championship and World Constructors' Championship, but provides a tangible reward or prize. My first thought is extra wind tunnel time, maybe 10% for the mm-hmm. sprint champion team, down to 1% for the 10th team. That's an interesting concept. It is an interesting concept, yeah. But I, I think if I do think that I think you'd do it the other way around. Still, I think like the fact that I think trying to earn wind tunnel time on the racetrack mm-hmm. would eventually lead to the fastest team getting the most wind tunnel time, which is the opposite of what we want. Yeah, so, the whole point. I'm of not the sure about that. The prize is that the faster teams get less, isn't it? So yeah, but yeah. I don't. I, I think the idea. I, I think like the the idea of having the second event on Friday. I think there's some good stuff in here. So like the second event on the Friday should be late enough that most people have finished work. I think in the country mm-hmm. where the race is, because half the issue is there's no one at the racetrack to watch the yeah watch the events happening on a Friday. I'm, yeah, people show up, but it's going to be easier for people if they don't have to book the day off to to go and see it. Um. Saturday. I still have a problem, you know, I've just said how much of a problem I have with FP2 being on a Saturday. So after after you've already had a race, so I think there's probably yeah. something else they can do there. But um, yeah, other than that, quali- regular qualifying in the race, hit it, let's, let's have it. Yeah. I mean, this yeah, is this is not a million that. miles away from, this is, it's not a million miles away from what has been announced. I think this message came in a little bit before that. But it still, did, yeah. Um, it's uh, it's still it's a good one. So thanks, Pete. Yeah. Um, another thing I've seen suggested a lot is having the sprints be like an opportunity for sort of young drivers and third drivers to get some race time. Which, in principle, I like the idea of. But then, like, as an extreme example, do you know, do you want to see a driver lose a world championship because 
a 18 year old has crashed his car in the sprint race and they couldn't get it fixed in time like there's no way teams are ever going to go along with that but it's a, it's a fun idea yeah it is a fun idea um next question from randy mandy uh hey man this may be putting the proverbial and literal cart before the horse sorry Danny but is it truly beyond Red Bull to sabotage Checo's chances of beating and or competing with Max for the championship as an added bonus devaluing him might make Danny Rick's transition back into the car a little easier I figured it best to go straight to the source of all things Red Bull racing conspiracy theory (laughs) um that's a lot (laughs) well I, I mean the, re- the reality is, in terms of those two drivers, for the, the couple of years I've been teammates so far, they've not really had to worry about Checo really beating Max over a season. This year, it looks like he's potentially a bit closer, but then it also looks like no one else is anywhere near them. So maybe they can afford to let their drivers be closer this season and not risk losing out to somebody else um yeah I, I mean i do think i think red bull are much more interested in drivers championships than they are in constructors championships i think that, yeah you know money's never been an issue for red bull if they if they finish ahead they're gonna bit, get reduced wind tunnel time but they've got the best car anyway so they'll be fine um they've got the best you know they, they do have the best aero engineer in adrian newey um in the entire sport in the history of the sport so they'll be fine mm-hmm. there um, I think I think it's obvious to, I mean and people might hate me for saying this but I think it's pretty obvious that Max Verstappen is the is the golden boy at Red Bull and everything at Red Bull is designed around Max Verstappen so yeah I think for for Checo to to win a championship he would win a championship despite being in Red Bull racing I don't think anything mm-hmm. I don't think anyone at Red Bull is any for me, like when when they say they're completely behind Checo, I just I, I really struggle to believe it. I really do. I think yeah. I I don't know whether they'd sabotage. I wouldn't go as far as saying sabotage um, Checo's chances of beating him, but no, they don't need to sabotage anything. They can just gear everything towards Max, and it will naturally come to Max anyway. Which is I think what's already happening. So. That's yeah. my take on it. That's my hot take. It's and it was the same when Vettel was the golden boy there. Like they didn't necessarily need to do things as dramatic sounding as sabotage, but like things were definitely the car was built primarily for what Vettel needed over any of his teammates. Likewise now with Verstappen, like it's just kind of giving your very good driver all the tools they need to be a world champion and if the second driver takes the odd win here or there and finishes second a bunch cool like you know yeah max verstappen three-time world champion sounds a lot better in your marketing spiel than max verstappen two-time world champion and also now perez has got one like they might sell yeah. a few more cans of red bull in mexico <laughs> but like is that really what they're there for yeah yeah. Um, so into so in, in, and then in terms of like Danny Ricardo, I supp- I mean I would part of me would prefer to see Danny Ricardo in that seat anyway. I think that'd be a more interesting fight. 
But then again, Danny Ricciardo is just going to be number two driver against Max Verstappen. I think there, there was a reason why Danny Ricciardo left Red Bull in the first place. Yes, yeah. because he could see that it was all getting set up for Verstappen, even though he was the incumbent driver. So, yeah, um, I don't see a world in the next in the in the foreseeable future i don't see a world where the second driver well where the driver at red bull who is at max verstappen is winning a championship put it that way yeah yeah same so michelle says and the last indy and f1 races ended under cautions can you imagine a rule where they had two to three laps (laughs) so every race ends under green um yes i can imagine that because formula e do exactly that and it works great yeah like they have the whole added laps thing and it does work really well and nascar do a similar thing don't they i can't remember exactly how it works in nascar but like it's something along the lines of if, if a race gets to the end and it's under yellow they will add an extra couple of laps on and they kind of if there's another yellow during those couple of laps they'll sort of re- retry ending under green like up to three or four times i think um, wow, I mean that's a bit far. I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I think NASCAR is just bizarre these days with all the like points given out like a third of the way into the race and weird stuff like that. Really? Oh god. Yeah, there's like stage wins during the race. It's almost like Tour de France stuff going on. It's really bizarre. Mm. God, the fear is that we we are creeping towards that <laughs> kind of like mentality of racing, aren't we? I think. Okay, so hmm. fuel is an issue. It were, look, yeah, no, I don't think it is. Right. So this this was my next point. Go on. So Formula E is a energy consumption limited True. sport, and they spend an entire race managing their energy consumption to make sure they can get to an end of a race. And if they operate under safety car conditions or full course yellow conditions, obviously they consume less of their fuel, their electricity during the course of that race. And Formula One is no different. The fuel mm. they've got exactly that they've got a specific amount of fuel that they put in their race. They calculate each team calculates how much they expect to use over the course of the race and they will put the bare minimum in in order to get to the end of the race. But if there's a safety car, it means that you can actually push a little bit more because you've suddenly got an excess of fuel that you can burn through and, and turn your engine up a little bit if you need to make up a bit of time. Um, there's no reason why they can't manage their fuel situations in the same way they do Formula E, just to account for those extra... And if, if everyone... They'd build in a contingency into their fuel load as well during yeah. the course of the race. It'd be a gamble to put the absolute bare minimum in without adding for the prospects adding a little bit extra fuel for the prospect of a potential safety car lead at the end leading to two or three extra laps of running so i i yes i can absolutely see a world where they do add two to three laps at yeah the end of a race the, the problem they've got is formula e have already done it yeah so that's going to stop them doing it yeah they won't do it because they don't want to be seen to be doing what formula e are doing no not at all because it's Formula E basically doesn't exist to Formula One. It's, it's no. a dirty word inside Formula One, um, and they they practically ignore its existence for all intents and purposes, or at least at least publicly. Yeah. So um, I would be shocked to see them take an idea from Formula E, Formula E, and implement it into Formula One. If 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 they did anything, they'd 
think up a new worst version of it and do that instead. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's a shame because like it is a really good idea and it it works great. Yeah, you'd think, and if anything, you'd think it would work so much worse in Formula E as well, where they are so much more limited on their energy consumption. Mm. But yeah, it works great, and and it leads to some amazing ends to races as well. Because there's, there's clearly they clearly have a calculation of like we have done this distance under safety car, so that equates to this many laps added on because of the amount of energy that's been saved. And I guess they use data collected during practice and qualifying to inform that calculation so yeah you're right there's no way they couldn't do the no reason why you couldn't do the same thing with yeah liquid fuel instead of stored energy in a battery yeah but that'll be the excuse they use though the, the, yeah they will scream oh we, we don't want cars running out of fuel that'll be the you know that'll be the uh the, the the sort of excuse they have for not doing it i think but yeah i think it's a great idea Next question from Simon Molyneux. Hey man, with the debatable full safety car in Jeddah and now in Australia with the Magnussen incident, are the FIA turning the greatest sporting event on earth into another version of football? Once hmm. again, we're talking about the referee slash rules slash application of the rules. I just want to see fair, unmanipulated racing. I don't want to be discussing the stewards every single week. Has pure racing in F1 gone forever? Ooh. No, I don't think it has. I think we, you get these like periods where the FIA sort of stick the nose in a bit too much, and we're in, we're right in the thick. Yeah. I think of one of those periods now. But I think in the next sort of few few races, hopefully they get it together and they they sort it out. It's a work in progress, I think, at the moment. The FIA and they're kind of like going forwards and backwards at the same time. Yeah, I imagine things will calm down a bit in the coming races um and like that there is still pure racing there in it it's just again to i don't want to repeat ourselves from last week too much but it's like it feels there's too much stuff where things have tried to be changed and they've not thought about all of the knock-on effects of that and all of the you know the the rule set is such a twisted web of all these different rules that inform each other and not enough of that has been thought about, I don't think. And whenever something is changed, there's always teething troubles. And I think we're kind of going through a bit of that right now. But yeah, I'm sure stuff will calm down. We're not going to have a season of races like Australia, that's for sure. Yeah, that would be. I, I don't think I'd enjoy that. No, <laughs> that's not what I'm here Did for. Did you? Here's a question. Did you? In the end. What did you think to the Australian Grand Prix? Did you like the Australian Grand Prix in the end? Or did you... What was your take? What was your feeling at the end of the day? Did you come away satisfied or did you come away unimpressed? I, I as, as, as a thing to sit and watch as a spectacle, I did enjoy it. But the... I think the last half an hour of everyone sat around not knowing what was happening to then watch one lap behind a safety car just sort of put a real damper on the end of it and kind of left a bit of a bad taste in the mouth. I think that all that faffing at the end sort of undid a lot of otherwise pretty entertaining stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I I would kind of agree. Like, I felt like I'd enjoyed it up to... that. I, 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 
there was no need for the red flags. I think they're definitely, I, you know, I, I could have taken or left the red flags, but mm. like, I don't think there any of those were red flag situations. Even the one at the end, I think you could have easily just solved all of that. They could have solved all of their problems, and we could have all gone about our days if they just <laughs> brought out the safety car and and left it at that. But instead, they sort of they seem to want want to get involved. Yeah, and the thing with with sport, you can you can disagree with decisions, but still be entertained by it. Yeah. And the the my biggest problem was there's nothing entertaining about watching a bunch of cars sat not doing anything and everyone trying to work out what the rule book says. Like that's that's yeah. where I think it really fell down for me. Yeah, I like I I disagreed with a lot of the decisions, but still found what was happening entertaining, which is yeah fine. But yeah, don't just leave people sat with nothing to watch. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then the final one, final question uh, from Sarah says, "Hey man, no driver has ever won after starting more than three hundred races. Who will be the first to do that?" And she's she's put Hamilton or Alonso in brackets. Yeah, they're the only two active drivers that can do that hmm. right in the in the near future. In the near future, yeah. It is a good question. I think Hamilton is more likely. Uh, right now, I feel like Hamilton's more likely to win a race this season than Alonso is. But if, I think they both will. It's just who will win one first. If you'd asked me after Bahrain, I'd have said Alonso. Hmm. Absolutely. Same. Now, after a couple more races, yeah, it's it's tough. And, and Ham- I think with the updates, updates, we'd know Mercedes can, you know, bring updates to their car rapidly and yeah. develop cars quickly. So. I, 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 Aston Martin are kind of a, a bit of an unknown mm. in this department. Like they've got a lot more funding now. You don't know what they've got in the pipeline. Like they could get to Baku and suddenly be a bit quicker again. But we'll see. Let's see. Yeah. Because my fear, I think that my fear with Aston Martin is that they're going to have a great first sort of quarter third of the season, but over a boy twenty two race season the likes of Mercedes and Ferrari will be able to outdevelop them because this is kind of new territory for Aston Martin. They've never really been in this position, so it's going to be interesting to see if they can keep it up. But mm-hmm. I think if Alonso's going to win a race, he needs to do it within the next sort of five or six. I think that's going to be his best chance of getting one. Yeah, um, I agree. But to answer the original question, I think I agree with you. I think I can see Hamilton just nicking one somehow because he's always had a yeah. habit of doing that. It does. He wins races that I've said it before. He wins races that he's got absolutely no business yep. winning, and he almost he came close to having a shout at the Australian yeah. Grand Prix. I think it was only. I mean, it was just literal huge performance gap in the end that yeah. stopped him. But but still, like he was there or thereabouts. And I think if anyone is going to be, I think he's probably the one who who will be. So yeah, yeah. That's that's my answer. Cool. And that's, that's about it for this week. Uh, just a short one to keep things ticking over. Uh, we will be back next week. As Stu sort of said at the start, we have uh, something quite cool in the works for next week. Um, so keep an eye on the social media type things and we'll let you know what's going on and how you can be sort of involved and sending relevant questions for that. Uh, speaking of questions, we're in all the usual places, the Twitters, the Facebooks, all of that stuff. Um you can also go to backofthegrid.com and you can send us a message through the contact form. Um, you can check out how you're doing on the 
Predictions League. You can find links to Grid Rival, F1 Fantasy, all of that kind of stuff. If you want to get involved with the Discord, which is still being very active despite there being no racing going on at the moment, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash back of the grid to see how you can get involved there. Uh, and I think that's all the things. So me and Tom will be back next week. And then all being well, all three of us will be back, I think, a week after that to finally preview the next race. Yes. Yes. In theory, yes. In theory, yes. So thank you, as ever, everyone, for joining us. And until next time, goodbye. Bye.